He looks like the idiot son of an evil king who's been given a useless fiefdom to govern while his father makes up his mind about whether or not he wants to kill him. Our Prime Minister, seen through the eyes of an American podcaster. <laughs> one Heath Enright from mm. Thunder in a Puzzle Storm. I am Darcy Moran. Sitting to my left is my extremely dear friend, Kieran Stevenson. Mm -hmm. yep. He's uh, cleanly shaved and looking extremely refreshed today in stark contrapoint to myself, who's something of an incompetent sweat octopus this afternoon. I'm confused because the second bit is true. You do look like you've been through the fucking wars, but I'm definitely <laughs> not cleanly shaved. Well, I mean, in <clears throat> re relative to your usual sort of, you know, oh, okay. I'm an academics kind of um, a hedge. Yeah. All right. I mean, you've, you've, you've shaved around the bits that you want to keep and yes. scraped off the bits you want to lose. Yes, this is true. Roughly true. <laughs> Let's start the show, shall we? <laughs> Welcome to Weakness for Bleakness. A modest house, a picket fence, a couple kids, some common sense, a job to pay your mortgage or your rent. And all these goals are understood, but misery is a public good, so come and feed your sorrows till you're spent. Well, just to come, Captain said, the icebergs are the dead ahead, the men will keep the engines fed, I have a deal with God. We're at the end of history, there ain't a hope for you or me, when workers philanthropically believe in the economy. But what a feast the tired eyes, the poison earth, the boiling skies, everyone their own despise, remember when the world was wise, we All right. We start every show with headlines, Darcy. I feel like uh, we we never talk about the format of our show and often we leave out like the details of the things we're talking about. And generally, sometimes if I listen back to them, if I can bring myself to do that, I'm like, fuck, this is uh, disorientating. Yeah, right. So we have headlines uh, to start with and I have the first one. Uh, let's talk about this. Pamela Anderson blasts Scott Morrison for smutty comments after Assange plea. I cannot believe that Scott Morrison has made smutty comments. Surely not. Is it not so indicative of his fucking absolute fuck-up character that he can't even be a massive, gross misogynist about somebody? Like, Pamela Anderson- Like, talking about Pamela Anderson is the height of sort of, like, 90s male juvenilia. Certainly and what MTV led us to believe, yes. Yeah, so fucking Scott Morrison- Talking about Pamela Anderson like that is just so profoundly out of touch that it's fucking right on character. That's hilarious. I, I, obviously, he's a misogynist. He's a Pentecostal. Right? Yeah. But yeah. I just, I've given what all of the traditional expressions of misogyny are, I mm. just can't really imagine him convincingly employing any of them. Well, that's-, that's Do you know what I mean? He seems like a kid who's imitating his older brother. Yeah. That's like, I, of course, he's a fucking misogynist. I'm not surprised to hear him say misogynistic things about a woman. But, like, every, with everything that he does, he fucks up just like I'm expecting to, but with such a delightful style that he honestly hasn't not- Like, he's never failed to make me laugh. Do we know what cap so, he was wearing while he insulted Pamela Anderson? <laughs> I don't, because uh, he was on the radio. Uh, but they all fucking film them. Anyway, uh, the, the, the details of the story are- Captain. Our friend Pamela Anderson went on to 60 Minutes and uh, she said that the government should be ashamed of the way that they've treated Julian Assange, that they should bring him home and throw a parade in uh, his honour for being one of the few people to tell the truth. 
regardless of what you think about the whole uh, Julian Assange thing, yeah, sure, that's a statement. And then uh, somebody asked Mr. Morrison uh, if he would be doing that, and he said... <laughs> Well, no, first of all, but next, I've had plenty of mates who've asked me if they can be my special envoy to sort out the issue with Pamela Anderson, which is, like, awkward, it doesn't have any fucking style to it, and he's even structured the sentence to say, to, like, specifically ward off any attempt to later say that it was an offhand comment, because he's like... Well, no, first of all, but also, let me make this statement in clear mind. Uh, yeah. Ooh, Pamela Anderson. <laughs> really? Fucking, have you heard about the sex tape? Um, and then to which she replied, you trivialised and laughed about the suffering of an Australian and his family. You followed it with smutty, unnecessary comments about a woman voicing her political <laughs> opinion. Rather than making lewd suggestions about me, perhaps you should instead think about what you were going to say to millions of Australians when one of their own is marched in an orange jumpsuit to Guantanamo Bay for publishing the truth. We all deserve better from our leaders. <laughs> Scott Morrison being... Absolutely trounced by Pamela Trunched. Anderson. Trunched by Pamela Anderson. In 2018. Fuck, man. Who would have thought Pamela Anderson would be a relevant figure in Australia's I politics know. in 2018? I know. I'm so proud of her. More relevant than our own Prime Minister. Do you think that the centre-left journalists in this country are just playing a drinking game at the moment? They have to be. <laughs> how, how could you not? When your Prime Minister wears a fucking cap with... I am a drinking game on it or some other <laughs> baffling moronic fucking thing. I think the cap said, uh, Bond's a dinky die drinking game. Yeah. Yeah. Drink if you love me. And it's kind of confusing because I love him in the <laughs> way that I love One shot if you her. love me, three shots if you don't. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. He's a boob. I, I fucking Jesus. I'm going to be sad when he gets kicked out just because Shorten doesn't have any of the aesthetic panache. Oh, my he's, goodness. He sort of takes the job seriously. He <laughs> isn't necessarily full of conviction, but he <laughs> generally <laughs> feels like maybe he shouldn't just be a total craven dickhead. But The, the hilarious thing, though there is, there's a deeper comedy to Bill Shorten than Scott Morrison, mm. which is that Bill Shorten probably could be a relatively okay human being if he wasn't so concerned about being a relatively okay human being. Yeah, that's quite just true. got this, like, I have to be very serious and very mm. respectful and very responsible. Yeah. Because the most fun is responsible fun. Yeah. Isn't that right, Australia? I don't think we're ready for irresponsible <laughs> fun. Yes, that was a joke. Yeah, yeah, to, yeah, just yeah. Just kind of comorage. Unless it's a deliberate sort of personality jujitsu that he's playing. Yeah. And secretly, he's it's incredibly not. charming and fun. But well, let's, <laughs> the earnest attempt to seem like you're making an earnest attempt. Yeah. I don't know. There's something oddly meta about Bill Shorten that is a deeper comedy than ScoMo, but it's nowhere near as accessible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's all, <laughs> he's all the fucking- uh, insane maturity theatrics of Mark Corrigan, essentially, but because he's not a sitcom and because we can't see him in his private life, all we get is an extremely <laughs> dour... <laughs> there is a definite hint of Corrigan, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah, if only. Who, who, who uh, Mr. Johnson has resigned from the CEO's position and just left Mark in charge and he's 
shitting yeah. himself. Yeah, he's shitting himself, but Mr. he's going Johnson, out there it? and being like, uh, Alan Johnson. Alan yeah. Johnson, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he's going out there and being <laughs> like, ah, we all just need to remain calm <laughs> and get on with things and do a good job. And uh, hmm. I'm glad yeah. you said Corrigan, because I was wondering what ScoMo actually reminded me of. And it is a, 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 a horrifically unamusing kind of broadcast at 8.30 on Wednesday night, Australian sitcom about an incompetent prime minister. Like yeah. It's a shitty ABC comedy yeah. version of a crap prime minister, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. It's <laughs> this that- is going to be just like the thick of it, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But picture this, a quarter of the jokes, none of the insight... Instead of yes, minister, it's going to be yeah, mate, minister. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, send it to the screen. It's going to be mostly sight gags. (laughs) 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 We've got a relevant celebrity cameo in Pamela Anderson. (laughs) Oh my God, it's so perfect. It's so incredibly perfect. It is. Let's fucking move on, though. Only Scott Morrison would get in trouble about a decade-old scandal. How do you- it was somebody else's How fault. do you thread that needle, pull off that full-court shot of getting into a fucking public spat with Pamela Anderson in this day and age? All you have to do is say, we're not contemplating a parade. That's all you need yeah. to say. No, no, yeah. No, yeah. no thoughts about a parade at the moment. Scott Morrison is an idiocy savant. Oh. <sighs> Just fucking incredible. <laughs> All <Jesus>. right. <laughs> so this is, this is from this is pertinent to the Victorian uh, state elections. Matthew Guy, after <laughs> launching his campaign with mm. o- ostentatious gusto in the middle of Ballarat Town Square, as far away from the <laughs> aforementioned <laughs> prime minister as he could get, um, has spent a very relaxing two weeks thinking about his next policy announcement, and he's got mm. one. It is, he's going to publish uh, sentencing decisions, rates of decisions overturned, and time taken to deliver decisions uh, for all Victorian magistrates and judges will be there. We're able to be accessed by the public on the uh, Department of Justice website. And the reason that he's doing this is because what the fuck? <laughs> it is a thing. And yeah. therefore, if it, who would, it, who it can would, be done. The only people that are going to be reading that are people constructing disingenuous narratives about race crime statistics. Pretty right? much, yeah, because criminal lawyer Rob uh, Malasaka mm. said this is an empty sandwich if you just have the charge and the conviction and you mm. have no context, you have no appropriate filling, yeah. none of this information can be used for anything. It's a fucking random statistics generator for extremely simple criminal NPCs in a fucking... 1998 era Grand Theft Auto knockoff. Yeah, we already have people in jail who shouldn't be in jail. Mm. Appreciate we have people who aren't in jail who definitely should, but we have plenty of people who have no business being in jail and who are definitely going to go back to jail because they've been through once. Yeah. Um, And we essentially, this is an attempt by Matthew Guy to bring more right wing press pressure to bear on judges. Yeah. Because, and There's again, definitely not enough right wing press pressure on no, the fucking judges. Apparently not. I know, right? The judges and magistrates are to the fucking political left of the <laughs> mainstream of your country. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bad sign. 
I mean, there's always, like, in, a- in any given country, there will be some, like, radical judges yeah. who occupy a fringe left position. But when the majority of them are the anti-authoritarian group. Yeah. Oh, What's going on? Australian egalitarianism is sailing along beautifully. <laughs> when people who decide they want to pass sentences for a living are the liberal <laughs> thinkers. <laughs> it's bad, folks. It's bad out here. Um, but anyway, Malasek is really good. He comes out, frankly, and says, like, the problem with um, court perception is, mm. the, is the press. It's yeah. like you can publish as much statistical data as you want. It's not going to stop the press from lying. And their lies are what's causing the perception that we have an incompetent judiciary. Yeah. We have mistakes in the judiciary. But if you look around the world, mm. all the way around the world, you, you want to be in a Victorian court if you're going to court i mean what what goes on abroad is even in the rest of australia frankly yes unbelievably horrific absolutely we're going to get to some of that a little bit later we are going to get some a little bit later um ironically the problems that do exist with judicial sentencing Mm. um are things like failure to account for women's testimony a mm. uh, higher likelihood to experience prejudice against young men and young ethnic men and so forth. Yeah. Um, n- n- none of that's going to show up in the statistics no, or, or, or be of any interest to the fringe weirdos who are going to trawl through them and start hate campaigns against individual magistrates and judges. Yeah. The fucking baffling thing, like, apart from just how shitty it is as a policy, is, like, the expectation that anybody's going to give a shit about it. I'm sure that some people will. I'm sure that these fucking law and order psychos who have made it their business to fucking religiously comment on Daniel Andrews' Facebook page like a bunch of absolute psychopaths. Oh, I'm yeah. sure that they'll care about it, but they can't be that many people, can they? No, they're not. They're absolutely not. I do like Matthew Guy's election, just general election vibe, uh, which seems to be like uh, Daniel Andrews and his crew think that the only people in Victoria are in the big cities on the coast, whereas you and me, we know the truth, that the only people in Victoria are in the country and that there are no people in the cities on the coast. They're a fucking lie. Matthew Guy seems to be doing... Because he's got... He's got he's, I think he's trying to go for a kind of relaxed David Cameron kind of approach to it all. It's, I'm it's, not sure, but he seems to have this vibe of... Actually, quite like being leader of the opposition. It's yeah. almost as much money. It's much less work. Yeah, <laughs> I still get to have my dinners he's on expenses. He's got that piece of shit fucking grin on his face, or not grin, but like I feel like he's trying to run a smile. campaign where the party will think that he's done well enough to warrant a second term that as opposition could be leader. That but he really doesn't want could to be actually it. win because yeah. there is something massively missing from mm. everything that he's putting together, isn't there? They've been putting a fucking ton of advertising out in this seat, which is bizarre because it's one of the safest fucking seats in the state but like just billboards everywhere and they've got roving like billboard trucks with fucking matthew guy and tim smith on it so weird yeah who tim smith looks so close to like ken marino from party down every time (laughs) i expect the quote to just be like super crackers is the (laughs) fastest growing non-poultry non-coffee franchise in southern california and it's like He's got that simpleton oh. smile on his face, and I don't understand why they're dry. Like, I don't see him, even in Richmond, like, really close by. <laughs> it's just around here, around the fucking junction, where all of the Skeksis come to do their mediocre shopping at the shitty shops that they think are good. Oh, the, the, well, the Liberals aren't even running in Richmond. 
mm. Richard Wynn's got that. It's 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 him and um, Re- uh, Rebecca Maltzen from the Greens and yeah. uh, Project Respect has has Isn't killed her for me. Kathleen Maltzen. Kathleen Maltzen. Whatever. Wow. I, I have such. What are the odds that I, I would know? Such <laughs> little respect uh, for her because of her sort of war on sex work that she's waged. That uh-huh. she can. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'm preferencing Labor ahead of the Greens in the lower house. Wow. Well done, Kathleen. Well done. Yeah, that's uh... Le- Richard Wynn may not do anything for prostitutes, but at least he ignores them. <laughs> Yeah, and what more could you ask for than that? Um, well, you'd ask for them to not be rounded up. Yeah, yeah, for starters. Just treat it like fucking... Like a job. <laughs> it's a job, for fuck's sake. Ah, the frustration of just the world, right? Shall we? Yeah, next headline. This is a goodie. Uh, it's from some dickhead from The Australian. I closed the tab before I... Uh, took down his name. I'm pretty sure it was a guy. That's about all the information I have. And then when I reopened the tab, of course, the Australian was like, oh, you'd like to subscribe to the Australian. This is the second link you've clicked they on. They do jump the gun rather, don't they? Yeah. Uh, anyway, headline is Religious Freedom Lost as White Magazine Shuts. Now, this is an interesting story. You've got a couple of sort of late 30-something, maybe, uh, nice Christian couple who run a... Uh, a wedding magazine called White. I was glad you uh, glad you gave me the context there. I've never heard of White magazine. I'm glad it's about weddings because <laughs> yeah. I was kind of anxious there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's oh fucking hell. Why would you go into? Why would you name your magazine White? Why would you go into the press and be like, my magazine White is being oppressed? Anyway, <laughs> they've lost their religious freedoms and they've had to close their magazine because advertisers are viciously discriminating against them because they don't feel like uh, an aggressively heteronormative wedding magazine is going to uh, do the advertising dollars that they want. And people aren't buying the magazine because they disagree with their stance on uh, uh, on gay marriage. It's all about gay marriage, same-sex right. marriage, obviously. And uh, so, that, so essentially the free market working exactly as intended. Terrible uh, people with a terrible product are blaming yeah. uh, minorities for... <laughs> yeah. Some sort of underhanded campaign. Yeah, for using their psycho fucking, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Telepathic network. Yeah. That's why I got confused, because I was going with the perfect psycho, and that would be psychopathic. Because they're sort of, they're allowed to use, we lend them to Jewish underground rail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they've just fucking completely used that underground rail road to fucking mine under the foundations of White Magazine. Previously, it must have been fucking profitable as hell. Are you kidding me? A small bridal magazine? Operating in 2018. Yeah, one of the most secure business models that there is. And now that they- It's such a Gen X move to blame the closure of your magazine on- Yeah. A lack of political freedom. <laughs> yeah. Not, not the fact that your childhood is over and no one buys magazines anymore. <laughs> yeah. Exactly right. And if you're going to stick your head above the fucking ramparts and be like, we don't believe in gay marriage, don't be surprised when, if it's just passed a popular fucking vote, I, that- I'm astonished by the number of uh, homophobic people who feel the need to make a point of it. Yeah. But this this may now make me sound suspect in the eyes of some listeners who'll imagine what else I'm concealing from them. Mm. But if I was 
the holder of homophobic or racist or sexist views, I honestly mm. wouldn't tell people about them. Yeah, you just keep Especially making... Especially not in context of my, you know, business life. Yeah. I would accept that I'm now in the same position that gay people used to be, except yeah. it's different because I've chosen to be an arsehole. They haven't chosen. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure that there are... A fucking f- mouth shut. I'm sure that there are still a dozen bridal fucking magazines that are exclusively, like using photos of heterosexual couples and, like, geared towards I'm that market. I'm sure almost all uh, married tool promotional material yeah. features Caucasian yeah. 30-something heterosexual couples. Yeah, yeah. maybe a dignified-looking Asian woman because Every they now that's again. a fucking yeah. market to capture or whatever. But it's this a fucking cynical, conservative fucking uh, It's going to take a long world. time for the... We, we, I think sort of there's a broad consensus that women were equal by the sort of end of the 80s amongst society. But there was this, like, weird apartheid, equal but separate popular culture thing that went Mm. through the 90s. It's kind of buckling down now. Yeah. It it, it takes a while for the mainstream to catch up. The fact that gay people have been considered okay doesn't Mm. doesn't mean that your shitty conservative world is ending for another 12 to 18 years. Yeah. Plenty of time to enjoy your bigotry. Just milk another completely improbable decade out of your dated, shitty business model. Yeah. Or maybe, maybe accept that you weren't selling anything anybody was buying. Yeah. It could just be that uh, your shit sucks. And people are allowed to boycott you. That's not fucking discrimination. I've never blamed the gays for my ideas not working out. Yeah. I don't know, man. My ideas never work out. I've never... I once blamed a gay, but he was specifically responsible for it. Presumably these people didn't buy that fucking stomping ground Pride Ale or whatever when that came out. I wouldn't think so. And presumably they did it as a matter of principle. And yet they haven't been... I don't know if it was stomping ground. Apologies if it's some other brewery, but... Yeah, they didn't fucking go and accuse conservative Christians of (laughs) undermining their fucking specifically gay thing. It's just... I was going to so frustrating. I did sort of jump in a bit They're early. They're so dumb. Did they articulate any actual um, specifics as to as to how a lack of religious freedom? Do they, do they are yeah. they saying that advertisers like can't support their magazine? I think that they were implying that that it's now become such a discriminatory atmosphere. George Soros for the has been swaggering up and down the Fleet Street. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Thrashing everyone into line. I only gave it a skim earlier in the week, but yeah, it was not earlier in the week, last week, but essentially it was like, yeah, boycotts, uh, advertiser intimidation, intimidating advertisers into pulling out by- By asking them, like, are you aware that you advertise in a homophobic publication? And they go, oh, sorry, we did, we weren't aware. No, we'll we'll pull that out. Yeah. That's just, thank you for letting us know. Because ultimately (laughs) the function of advertising is to fucking get people to buy your shit. It's their dollar that's driving. (laughs) It's so nakedly capitalistic that I don't understand how they can then turn it into an issue of culture. But anyway, they're fucking morons. What a surprise. Fuck you, white magazine. (laughs) Thank you for calling yourselves white magazine. Yeah. Oh, that was nice. I needed I needed more uh, just a little more anxiety today. Cleanser. <laughs> hey, they fucking closed down. It's a victory. Um. So, are we ready to jump into the into the third or fourth? The third. fourth third headline. Uh, no, fourth headline. The fourth headline. I couldn't count. Are we ready to jump into our professional pants and do this show like grown ups? Uh, Clearly not. 
if we must. This is um, Darren Hinch of Justice Party fame. Darren Hinch of Justice Party fame. He says he's been let down by Glenn Drury. Wow. Glenn Drury, for those who don't know, is a man who figured out how he could manipulate the preferencing system in Australian voting by swamping the field with minnow parties of no uh, real importance. You'll have seen them with the transport matters, um, the, you know, inner city horticulturalists. Yeah. The local jobs aren't made of noise whatever get your hands off my concrete party yeah baffling impenetrable names about insanely niche issues yeah and and and, and indeed the very um neutrally named jim's politics <laughs> what drury does is he essentially cuts deals with these minnow parties mm. so um say a fiona Patton of reason darren hinch of the uh justice party and so forth Yep. And in exchange for, you know, a, uh, a fee, Hinch reckons that it's uh, $50,000 for each member elected uh, and an upfront fee of $5,000 to join the minor party alliance. 50000 is that's a bit of a bit of a whack of change, hey? Yeah. Yeah, Fiona Patton has um, complained about... Uh, about him. She complained about him this year, I believe. Mm. But she appears to be following his advice to some extent or other. Because yeah. uh, nothing else explodes, explains preferencing David Lionhelm, the unreasonable misogynist, ahead of either the Greens or Labour Party. Yeah, 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 yeah. It doesn't. That doesn't make sense at all. I mean, it makes sense if, you know, you're a self-interested politician who just... Yes, you rides know what the I mean. winds of occasional <clears throat> high-profile social justice uh, movements, but has no underlying ethos or philosophy apart from self-service and pleasure. Yeah, yeah, it's disappointing though. Uh, it is disappointing, but mm. it's not surprising because yeah. she rode into politics with the sex party. Yeah, uh, but yeah, that's a five thousand dollar fee for joining this alliance, and then a fifty thousand dollar fee to him personally for each member elected. It's pretty extraordinary. So what Drury does is he's essentially running a get-you-elected business. But instead of the traditional models of, you know, giving campaign advice and policy advice and canvassing and polling and so forth, mm. he's literally just saying, I have registered a large number of parties who will direct their preferences according to your interests. Yeah. It should definitely, definitely be illegal if it yeah, isn't. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, Every system is so corruptible by this. Yeah. By people like this. Oh, well, the the Victorian Electoral Commission have referred it to Crime Command uh, in the Victorian police. Crime Command. (laughs) I know, right? Awesome name. It's it's, it's just a guy with a world's best dad mug and a... Yeah. It's me, Detective (laughs) James Brucey. I was just a regular cop until I got struck by lightning in Ballarat. Now I'm... Crime command. And then it's just grainy stuff. Uh, no, madam, I am not uh, subcontinental. The reason that they call me Krishna is because I am the IT person. <laughs> I didn't ask for the nickname and I don't approve of it, but they're bigger than me, so I've got to wear it, mate. I'm sorry. Yeah, man. 
that is how a fucking old Australian crime procedure would choose to tackle racism is by having some <laughs> mediocre white dude rolled into it against his will. Yeah. Uh, I didn't yeah. understand the fucking smelly folk before, but now that you've fucking subjected me to this. You keep replacing ribbing. my pies with uh, chicken ticker. Yeah. Which is actually a British dish, so jokes on you, Arthur. Yeah, also better than pies, which <laughs> substantially better than most pies. Yeah, unless you go to an actual bakery. I forgot how nice actual pies were. Yeah, but they're they're a dying breed. They are a dying breed. Ever since the referendum, Hinch's anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, Hinch's complaining because he's tried to take advantage of Glenn Drury's preference whispering. Which just about everybody has, by the way. Yeah. I literally uh, think that uh, Victorian socialists are the only party running who haven't, in some fashion or other, consulted this prick. Yeah. Um, And we'll probably suffer for it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) We all know how the Victorian socialist thing is going to work. I'm very, like, enthusiastic about it and optimistic about it. I talked to one of them at uh, an early election place that I walked past the other day, and I was like, yeah, I'm really pulling for you guys. But you know that they're going to come in with a fucking really depressingly low part of the vote where you're like, oh, this kind of suggests that maybe in 40 years, if the other parties keep stepping on their dicks hard enough then that's okay though because we only need to get the fifth senate seat all remember right. i only got to get the fact that, that that fifth senate seat i'm pulling for it man i really am but i'm prepared to be disappointed i'm prepared for the fucking libs to win this state election that's how ready i am for disappointment well, pretty- which they shouldn't in any fucking conceivable way be able to do but no, they, of course they shouldn't. They've but, pulled um, out the absurd fucking crime and race fear-baiting shit that they always do, and it pulls with these But you, you shouldn't be allowed to unleash vast waves of tide-wasting, effectively non-existent parties on the Victorian public either come election time. Yeah, yeah. There needs to be some sort of mechanism to, you know, the, properly beyond being able to place a sort of administrative fee to get registered. Yeah. In France, you have to be recognised by, I think, 50 essentially um, municipal leaders. So, sort of, or provincial leaders, essentially mayors and squires have to yeah. sort of check you out and independently go, no, these people are an actual political party and sort of sign off on it. Yeah, you have to ride into town on a pony with a thicket of foxglove around your neck holding a, a apple or something. Well, hang on, Typically this, isn't, no- this isn't North England. Well, same difference. Would be a donkey. Right. Would be a donkey and an onion. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. Sorry. My mistake. I get my uh, obscure geographic ritual uh, <laughs> reagents mixed up. Some disappointed Morris dancers crossing back over the channel. Yeah. Yep. Man, what what were you talking about? My brain is falling to bits. <laughs> Along with our listeners, no doubt. <laughs> yeah. Uh, ju- Sorry, just, folks. So I was, I was simply, discu- I was simply, re- re- yeah, just dis- discussing the fact that this uh, Drury character um, is now, for some reason, mm. whether it's because he's not delivering adequate customer satisfaction or because it's becoming too uncomfortable and politically difficult to keep pretending that he's acting in a legitimate fashion, and that they are too, yeah. our Senate minor parties are turning against him. Yes. So, Pete Patton has lodged a complaint with the VEC and Hinch is whinging about the fact that um, he's essentially paid to have his seat taken away from him. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Darren. Yeah, cool. I mean... And he's going to walk up to Coonabarabran and back for some reason. Yeah, protest. yeah. He's going to 
<laughs> Fucking, <laughs> I can't figure him out at all. Um, yeah, I mean, it's good. Turn against fucking Glenn Drury. Make him a make him suffer. Take him out. Crime command. He's a long distance cyclist, by the way. Of confirming my an ultra long distance cyclist. Right. Uh, just in case my prejudices needed any further confirmation. Yeah. Exclusively uh, inhabited by the sort of people who want the intense psychosexual experiences of being fucking 300 k's into a ride and having your body fibers fucking break down on you and being in the middle of the desert and being like yes yes the human animal for some reason this is the way that i've chosen to access my primal bodily presence they're the sorts of people who don't even listen to music when they exercise because the exercise itself is enough of a source of pleasure for them yeah but if you believable if you ever dare to accuse them of not liking music generally they'll show you their copy of the latest Coldplay album yeah. without a fucking second's hesitation. Or the uh, top 20 CD they inexplicably somehow purchased for 2018 from some bizarre yeah, they service station. <laughs> they only buy the service station CDs is what I was going to say, yeah. Oh, man. You can get some fucking weird ones in there sometimes. Uh, yeah. I was once uh, given a lift to a sport game from a school by a sport teacher because my mum had to do something or whatever and there was no other way to get there. That would never happen these days, by the way. <laughs> nothing nothing funny happened. He, w- he would have been maybe 31 or 32 at the time. Listen to U2 the whole way. They're psychos, man. Yeah. He just listened to U2, like a greatest hits album, and he sung along to it with a fucking, like... 13-year-old boy who didn't want to be going to play hockey to go and play fucking hockey. It's obviously traumatic. It's obviously still in my- I mean, I knew there was something. Maybe he did fuck me. I'm going to have to go back and analyse that. uh, uh, Abuse can often be a a, a subtle and and unnoticed at the time. I think it's when I first noticed how sad an adult's life can be. He got stuck in a moment and he just can't get out of it. Yeah, and he was, like, kind of nervously singing, like, he didn't want to make too big... Like, he didn't have the sort of charm of just being completely uninhibited, but he also couldn't just sit there in silence. It was was grim. Yeah. I mean, at least he wasn't listening to, you know, 3AW or something. Imagine how you could have turned out. Yeah. We could be having long YouTube comment fights. Yeah. Well, I mean, I didn't turn into a U2 fan, so I don't know how... That's true. Anyway, fuck this episode. Let's go <laughs> on to topics. <laughs> All right, topics. Uh, it's my topic. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's I'm obviously feeling very scattered today, but. Uh, it's all right, because we have a nice, light, breezy topic uh, to talk about. I want to talk about Don Dale Youth Correctional and Detention Facility. Oh, that's my favourite Woodhouse book. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, in the Northern Territory, Don Dale is uh, a fucking hellhole where they put uh, juvenile offenders, often for very, very minor crimes. Uh, and, uh, yeah, you may remember it from uh, Four Corners, but let's just run through a little timeline of some of Dondale's uh, controversies. So in 2000, uh, John O'Johnson uh, Waramaba committed suicide there. He was in the facility for stealing petrol and paint. 
Goodness me. Anyway, he committed suicide and uh, investigators at the time said that this place was like shithouse for, uh, for the purpose that it was set up for, for sort of rehabilitation and, you know, course correction for youth. So, uh, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, he's assuming he's a substance abuser, so yep, you're probably. needing very specific uh, expertise to help stabilize and support a substance yeah. abuser. So that was in two thousand. That was eighteen years ago. Let's let's look at at some of the uh, the things that they do to help with uh, troubled youth uh, who may be going through a rough patch. Uh, so in two thousand and fourteen, they put six boys in solitary confinement, which they do all of the time. That's totally normal for a youth detention facility. Uh, long stretches of solitary confinement. It's not normal. Uh, Anyway, they left one of the cell doors uh, unlocked, and so the kid that was in there got out and started knocking on another one of the doors, so they just fucking tear-gassed uh, all six of them uh, in their cells. It took them eight minutes to get them out, and obviously eight minutes of exposure to tear gas fucking blows for a, for a bunch of Jesus. boys who had probably committed petty theft or something. Uh, they released a press release calling it a riot, uh, which... <clears throat> they were sticking to, I guess, but uh, of course the the CCTV footage was watched by investigators and released, and uh, it it showed what really happened. And so they moved premises after that, which is kind of a theme. Uh, in 2016, the Northern Territory state government legalized the use of restraint chairs and cable ties. Um, we for, remember what that led to. For <laughs> yep, yeah. uh, and then two months later, the Four Corners special. Uh, aired which showed yeah dylan voller being that's right restrained in the chair with the bag over his head uh shirtless and just being fucking uh torn a new one and it also showed the footage of the the gassing in 14 it showed kids being stripped and beaten they were held in solitary confinement for up to 72 hours without uh running water uh, and it was generally a massive shitstorm, which, uh, and the UN High Commissioner for Human Rights, and I know we've talked about the fucking UN's, uh, capacity to enforce human rights, but you still have to pay attention when they say that something has violated the Convention Against Torture and other cruel, inhuman, and degrading treatment, because usually those things are set up with good intentions. <laughs> Fuck, Ben. Uh, this is a youth correctional facility in Northern Territory, uh, yeah, pr- pr- violating... Pr- pr- Presumably, though, Kieran, you're, you're, you're going to come around now and say, but don't worry, uh, tender-hearted listener, it's all mm. worth it. Because once people leave Dondale, they're cured of whatever antisocial disorder led them there. You mm. know, they, they, they go on to lead non-recidivistic um, and, and physically and spiritually healthy lives. Am I correct? So uh, this is an investment in the future for the youth of Northern Territory. I haven't seen any evidence of that. Oh, it doesn't Unfortunately, help. Unfortunately, no, no. Also, it surprises me as well, because that's what I thought was going to be the case, that uh, beating these kids and locking them up in solitary for days at a time, I, I thought, you know, you spare the rod, spoil the child or whatever. Indeed. So, uh, yeah. No, no. But it turns out not. if Apparent- people's uh, antisocial behaviour is brought about by, by, by a brutal, impoverished and difficult uh, life, mm. adding to that doesn't actually uh, change the behaviour. No, unfortunately not. Uh, it's it's out of left field that that's the case, but I have to yield to the expertise of literally every person who's ever been uh, sent to look at and give recommendations about Don Dale. Well, I must say you could knock me down with a feather, Kieran. For so- somebody that has uh, 
come out of it looking okay is Dylan Voller himself, who is weirdly fucking, uh, not weirdly, he's just kind of a, a little bit of a hero of mine because he's very articulate about how fucked up it all is. Yeah. Which is not to say that, like, he's one of the good ones, but it's just pleasing when somebody has the, like, vocabulary and critical thinking to put through, put together uh, arguments which they can well, yeah. then be put on media and he's uh he's like yeah if i fucking choked somebody or stripped them down or uh you know fucking abused them in these ways then i would be sent to jail but uh obviously these people aren't it's ironic isn't it that the screws Mm. themselves or or assuming that they care about such things but the authorities can't see the gap in the logic yeah that is this abuse cycle yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is because I think in order to be a bastard, you have to think <laughs> in a circular fashion, right? Yeah. You have to beg the question. Otherwise, if you allowed actual lineal progressive thought into your mind, you wouldn't. Mm. Well, you could still be a bastard, I guess, but you'd be a much bigger bastard for clinging to your positions because you'd know they weren't justifiable. Yeah, yeah. It's. Ooh, it's a it's a tricky one for me to think about because I don't have that mindset, and yeah, it is just pure circular thought that that doesn't like like trying to analyze it critically fails because it's not built on a critical foundation or like a reasonable foundation. But yeah, you've got to be a particular self deluded dick to to be like, yes, this is how these kids are fucking taking drugs when they're fifteen. The way to fix it is to beat the piss out of them in a fucking solitary confinement cell where they're uh, robbed of water. And is there a racial component to Dondale? I'm glad you asked. Uh, I was going to get to it a little bit later on, but yes, a huge fucking disproportionate uh, number of Aboriginal kids in there. Right. So so we also have uh, cultural alienation as well. Yes. Uh massive constant of the activists who have been uh, campaigning against Dondale and protesting it and stuff uh, has been the presence of Aboriginal organisations begging uh, the government to fucking listen to them and not just, yeah, indiscriminately lock up and fucking torture their kids, basically. Uh, So where do you think we've gone from since the Four Corners thing? Well, I imagine... I've got, that, I've got uh, some more information. I just want to hear your guess. I would say the main difference between Dondale now and Dondale then mm. is that Dondale now has been a lucrative source of employment for consultants. Hey, yeah. And that, that's that pretty much it. Wrong. Uh, well, let me, let me tell you what's happened. Uh, in 2017, uh, the report from the Royal Commission, which uh, was launched uh, <laughs> in response to the fucking hideous expose on uh, Four Corners. Uh, Yeah, so in 2017, the report was released and it gave over 200 uh, recommendations, I think around 230 recommendations, including just saying straight up that Dondale should be closed. Uh, And other things included they wanted body cams for guards, they wanted the banning of force or tear gas for dealing with... uh, delinquent offenders they wanted to raise the age of criminal responsibility from 10 to 12 years which like fuck all right yeah sure i didn't realize that it was that fucking low uh they wanted no more than 24 hours in isolation and only for non uh, punitive reasons only for reasons of safety or whatever 
And a big one was, yeah, bringing Aboriginal organisations into the fold and having their input into how youth detention facilities were run. So that was the the Royal Commission found this stuff. Uh, fast forward to this year, about a year after that. Holy no- fuck. November. Uh, <clears throat> so there was an allegation. They had girls. They start. I don't know if they started detaining girls there or if they've always detained girls there, but they don't have the facilities to detain girls, basically. They don't have the facilities to detain anybody by the sounds of it. Yeah. So they God, had to, this is a nightmare. Kid. They had to improvise with that, and the way that they chose to improvise with that was to uh, put CCTV cameras in the showers and the bathrooms uh, to film these underage girls. Oh, so they, they dealt with showering. it by making child pornography. Yeah, essentially. Wonderful. Uh, and when they were confronted on this, they released this super cagey statement where they were like, oh, the cameras are configured to ensure privacy. So, yeah, there are cameras in these areas, but we we block them off, when, which is, is not what people uh, have Filthy found. Filthy bastards. Uh, and then on the 6th of November this year, Never which is like- a fucking prison screw. Oh. Yeah. So this is like two weeks ago, there was a big riot. Uh, I don't know about a big riot, but uh, some some kids got out and they burned some shit down and damaged the facility. Uh, the facility, uh, Dondale was, uh, they said that they were going to close it immediately, that it was tagged for immediate closure and they moved uh, inmates, I guess you have to call them, to the Darwin Watch House, which is fucking completely inadequate and understood. The Darwin Watch House sounds like the name of a thriller novel or a horror story. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is a horror story. It is a horror story. That's like the fourth time that they've fucking moved this place, and it is like Don Dale is actually literally just the ghost of Don Dale, the shithouse politician that died of cancer, so we have to be nice to him. I don't know if it was cancer. I don't know how shithouse he was, but he was a fucking country Liberal Party politician. And it seems like he's just haunting each facility and fucking... Uh, well, no, that's letting the screws off the hook. The screws keep fucking doing it. Uh, they got moved to the Darwin Watch House, which is shit house. Uh, and then they've just recently done a one-year update to the to the Royal Commission, and they claim that they've gotten through 33 recommendations. So only 200-odd left to go. Uh Jared Sharp, who is a lawyer who's been advocating uh, for the kids and for, like, reforming this shit, has said that they're still using the high security uh, wing specifically because they don't have accommodation for girls. So the girls that are held there for whatever level of incident are being held in solitary confinement. He says that they're getting around the solitary confinement thing by keeping kids in solitary confinement but letting them out for one hour a day. Oh, for fuck's sake. Uh, it's a pretty good law, he says, the new law, but the problem is they're not following it. Uh, and it's they a moved- pretty good law. Mr. Sharp has been beaten down over the years, hasn't he? Well, he's saying that, like, the- the, Goodness the, me. The Royal Commission and the recommendation, what they should be doing if they were adhering Just to that. Just the Royal Commission that we should go back to the standards of the First Fleet. <laughs> God, um, sorry, come forward to the standards of the First Fleet. Yeah, and, uh, they've moved everybody back to Dondale. So oh. that immediate closure thing was horse shit. Uh, that took a while to get through. Hey, I hope you're all right, listener. I don't mean to upset you too much because it's Never fucking- Never mind the listener. They can put it on pause. What about me? <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is atrocious. Oh, I'm sorry, Darcy. I really am. I, um, I, I think everything north of Brisbane should be returned to the indigenous people. I don't think Anglo-Australians can cope up there. I could deal with that. Let's fucking split this motherfucker in half. And- they, they just do terribly badly. They just- 
so <laughs> yeah, it would be good because when the Aboriginal nations are reinstated and they managed to <laughs> create a like passing decent country with basic standards of human decency because of the recent memory of being under the fucking boat, maybe I can move there. So I don't think you'd do the heat too well. No, uh, probably not. Um, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I knew about Dundell before doing this reading and stuff, and I knew about the Dylan Voller thing and the Four Corners thing and stuff, but uh, it's just good to keep in mind that these fucking cretins don't do anything to fix the problems yeah, uh, well, that so they've been caught out doing. Detail makes everything so much worse, doesn't it? Because you get the mm. very similitude. Yeah. You know? So it's well and good to know about something in abstract, but the very mm. similitude is what makes it truly horrifying. Because yeah, it lends feeling to to what we were discussing. Yeah, the the things that I want to reiterate are yes, there's a huge fucking racial component to this, which yeah. is uh, a standard throughout Australia, really, but like the Northern Territory specifically has a huge problem with. Uh, fucking massive overrepresentation of Aboriginal people in custody and deaths in custody are really bad up there. Uh, and Dondale is one part of that continuum and rightly it's being fucking constantly uh, bashed by fucking uh, Aboriginal rights organisations and stuff like that and they're perfectly correct to be doing that so consistently. The other thing to emphasise once more is that these are young offenders, often very fucking minor offenders that have stolen a couple of things or been caught doing drugs or selling drugs or whatever, like... Right. So all situations where most they, people have done by the age of 40 to some extent or other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The sort of shit that if you, dear listener, uh, if you're lucky enough to live in a less... Uh, under Not the a less Territory. barbaric state government, yeah... Uh, you, if you were caught at the wrong time, you would have got a slap on the wrist, maybe a talking to or whatever. Not in the NT. If you're unlucky enough to be up there and be poor enough, you just get fucking sent to Dundale to be... You've got fucking, yeah, teenagers being stripped and choked and told to kill themselves by these fucking thuggish, absolute fuck-ups. The, the only people that seem to find themselves being prison guards, being absolute monsters. Uh, yeah, it's bad, and we should feel bad about it. And the Northern Territory fucking vote in a different party and hold them to account if they if they campaign on this shit. Do you think part of the trouble with the Northern Territory might be the kind of extended period of time it's spent with so far fewer legislative rights than the state governments have? It's entirely possible. Maybe um, there's been this kind of, like, culture of... Um, inertia or impotence baked into the fabric of the civil service there or something. I it's entirely possible. I don't know enough about the political history of the Northern Territory beyond the very basics to, to say, but I do know that the specific people who are running it uh, don't give a fuck. Like, it's not just... So they, they would appear to have very little concern for anything outside of Darwin and, and Alice Springs, mm. and not much concern for Alice Springs, other than yeah. it's near Uluru, which is a tourist... Yeah. Um, catch for them. Probably insofar as they see it as a problem and something that they can paternalistically fix by brute force. Uh, well, of course, because we still have the military intervention in the Northern Territory, don't yeah. we? The army is still garrisoned there, um, occupying indigenous communities with martial law and Which curfews. And the fantastic. most fucking insane, <laughs> insane thing. 
How do you reinvading justify uh, that? reinvading people's communities to yeah. try and fix the problems that were caused by occupation and disenfranchisement? Yeah, yeah. a little bit more An invasion. Genocide. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, of course, cannot forget the <laughs> explicitly genocidal policies of uh, what was that uh, of Australia? I don't know. It was a very quick message, though. Yeah, uh, the computer made a noise at us. Um, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it could be toothlessness and all of that sort of stuff, but yeah, this is the same place that legalised the use of restraint chairs and zip ties. This is true. So that's true. It's proactive, isn't it? Yeah. I don't want to attribute to malice what, uh, what could be explained by, by incompetence, but it seems like malice is a strong part of it. Yeah. There's, there's enough evidence of malice to suggest And especially on the parts of like the screws, like they're outright malicious, but- What's new there? And what? wherever you have a screw, you need a fucking leash because they're dogs. Is it group four? Do, you know, do we know who runs Don Ah, uh, No, I don't. It sounds like a group four level. It of does sound like me. a bit like a group yeah. four fucking situation. Hey, I don't know. It could be. It didn't come up in my uh, research, unfortunately. Uh, because I'm unprofessional uh, and didn't think to look that up. But We should do a, a Northern Territory special. Yeah, I mean, it's a fucking wild place. It is a wild place. And I don't mean that in the frontiersman we'll send uh, nostalgia. A wild and untamed <laughs> land. I mean, say, we, sh- we uh, just send Murray back up to Darwin with a notebook. Yeah, yeah, our fucking roving correspondent. <laughs> our roving colonial, uh, colonial friend. He's a bizarre one. He would have so much sympathy and so much, uh, so much sympathy for the oppressed people and so much blindness <laughs> as to the causes. It would be great. Not blindness, that's unfair. He doesn't listen to this. Why am I even cagey about it? Um, More to the point, he's never taken offence when you've offended him before. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so why would he start now? Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know what it, what else to add, except that I feel like it's something that should remain in people's consciousness, because... Uh, the only reason it's in my consciousness is because I've caught wind from a couple of people that I kind of keep tabs on that have been talking about it and largely being ignored. There's a pretty decent movement up there. Like, uh, there's some group that's like grandma's against detention or something that, uh, is made up of families and supporters and stuff. So like, there's a bit of stuff going up there, but in the rest of Australia, we've largely forgotten about it. We've forgotten about our UN convention, uh, defying torture scandal. Because... Um, we still have an overwhelming majority of politicians and economic theorists who are neoliberals in this country. Mm. And neoliberalism cannot allow you to acknowledge the uh, role played by a social structure in individual behaviour. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's very true. It, I mean, yeah, that's why it's completely powerless to to adequately explore crime and punishment. Uh and why it always collapses into these bizarre fantasies of, like, problems with different races and the tough-on-crime, soft-on-crime duality, which is obviously empty and meaningless. Yeah. Yeah. And so you can be in a situation now where a previously soft-on-crime, in the sense that they cut money to the police uh, party, can be accusing the current tough on crime in the sense that they've given un- unprecedented <laughs> powers, powers and to funding the police. to the police. They call yes. them soft on crime and people are just like, oh yeah, that's right, African gangs and, and Muslims. The fact is you're both just terrible at running mental health uh, operations, you know. Yeah. 
And it was that bit where it turned out after Scott Morrison had a go at the Muslim community mm. who had reported um, Mr. Khalid some while ago. Yeah. Uh, to authorities anyway, that it, it turned out it wasn't a, a lack of communication from the Islamic community to the uh, state authorities. It was a lack of communication from Scott Morrison's own federal government mm. to the state authorities. There you go. What a surprise. That uh, that meant that he wasn't being properly monitored. Mm. But again, psychiatric treatment, mental health care. Yeah. Um, these are the most effective ways to deal with, with mad people. Prisons mm. really, like... The um, I don't know what to do with this person response. Yeah. But for any given crime and for any given individual psychology, there is always a far more effective mechanism of treatment than prison. Yeah. Prison's shit. It's what they used to do in the. It's a, it's a pre psychology solution yeah. to treating um, criminal behavior. It's throwing water on a grease fire and they, then being like, this fire is out of control. More water. Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. this government isn't providing an adequate supply of water to deal with the grease fire, so I propose draining the Murray-Darling Basin to provide the f- water necessary to fight this grease fire. And the fire just keeps getting splashed around the kitchen. Before you know it, the house is fucking burned down. Yeah, you're 100% right that prisons are a bizarre, barbaric, antiquated uh, way of dealing I with... Totally, 100% pre-psychology mm. um, but even if you've got a situation where you decide somebody needs to be kept in a secure unit mm. for theirs and other people's safety and so forth how can you as a, as a, as a, as a thinking serious human being um, how can you be so upset about mm. Bunnings placing the onions on the bread before they lay the yeah. sausage on top, which is actually a far more fucking sensible. It's easier to eat. It's better. It's how the Germans do it. You always put sure. the sausage on last, um, apart from the sauce. Mm. How can you get so upset and angry mm. about that and be so fucking flippantly unconcerned? I mean, that's the magic of this fucking insane crisis that's overtaking the youth in this country. Yeah. Poverty crisis and the internment crisis. Yeah. Yeah. That's the world we live in. The fucking bizarre, commercialized, absolutely like neoliberalism does this amazing double gesture of like giving you all of the responsibility and agency allegedly for your situation and then completely absolving you of any guilt, like saying like, you're not responsible for this systemic problem or whatever so you can blithely just be like well i don't live in a prison nobody i know is in a prison i don't commit crimes but boy do i eat fucking bunning snags so it's my right as a consumer to protest this i mean i don't need prison anyway i'm i'm sufficiently bourgeois that i regulate myself entirely with powerful shame responses (laughs) yeah yeah that's the thing we're safe we've been brainwashed into acceptable citizenry and i'm never gonna start a fight just you know feel ashamed and embarrassed of things i haven't even done wrong but just could have done better (laughs) yeah yeah yep yeah i'm familiar with that go and hang myself it's terrible I mean, what even is this podcast, if not at least in part, just a desperate attempt to regain an edge? I don't know, Kieran. I don't. I've never. I haven't known what I was doing since I was prepubescent. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you'd spoken to me when I was ten years old, you'd have mm. met a child with a plan and an unshakable <laughs> yeah, <yep>. confidence. <laughs> now, <laughs> complete sack of fucking nerves. Try man. to get through a day, and yeah, 
enjoy the sweet relief that comes from getting into bed. And even us, fucking tremulous subjects that we are of this fucking terrible, terrible world, at least we have the, like, sense of awareness to be like, oh, fuck, that sounds bad about this shit. It's the most minor thing. We're not doing anything to fix it, but... Well, I mean, I don't know what one could do. At least we don't get tricked into fucking being like, oh, well, you know, it's a crime. You have to punish a crime. That's yeah, been- without... as uh, This kind of loops back a little bit to the Matthew Guy headline, doesn't it? This mm. sort of... Now I'm going to release data on judges so that we can bully the ones who aren't bullying the... Yeah, the, you know the uh, sort of criminals enough and so forth. Mm. You think, oh, for goodness' sake, how do we get away from this loop-the-loop thinking that mm. says, "Well, he lashed out at me because I lashed out at him because he lashed out at me because I lashed out at him." Yeah, if you can't move beyond that level of thinking, surely you've got no business being in government. Yeah, you might be a very good boxer. Yeah, <laughs> but surely you've got mm. no business being in government with that kind of mentality. None of them do, man. It's like prison guards. None of them do. The do- only people that are <laughs> attracted to it. Are- How could it be that at a time in history when we have a historically highly educated population, mm. we seem to have a historically shithouse and incompetent bunch of politicians? Well, I mean, they're I mean- not like genocidal like they were in the 19th century. Um, at least well, not, not overtly. Not, they don't have the apparatus to they do genocide. They don't have genocide. the apparatus to do genocide. But just the, the level Yet, of going for it. mind-numbing, not just here, but in America and Britain and Europe. Yeah. Nadine Doris, mm. the Tory from Britain, who's been campaigning to leave the EU since before she was born. Yeah. Since before the EU, since fucking Henry II, mm. right? She has just said, I don't like the deal that Theresa May's done because we don't have a member of the European Parliament anymore. And we're not allowed to trade with the continent anymore. What do you think? You got inside the European Union and outside the European confused, Nadine. (laughs) She's one of the thought leaders of the Tory party. Yeah. The level of cretinism is just so fucking enormous. It's staggering. It is. I don't know. How do you get started down that path? And uh, we've got this weird prime minister. He, <laughs> he he looks like he gets too excited to walk anywhere. Like so, he mm. always does a sort of nervous run. Yeah. Yet is still incredibly chubby and flabby, mm. and never really learnt how to run in a non-embarrassing fashion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though all he does is nervous excitement runs. He's fucking gadget from This Is England. I, I can guarantee you with 100% certainty that Scott Morrison has come in his pants. <laughs> <laughs> There's not a doubt in my fucking mind. With hands-free, unbidden. Gravy down his shirt. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I fucking- It's a gravy minor miracle and that that pants. Has, Yeah. <laughs> That's that's his motto. Fair dinkum. You <laughs> don't get more true blue. Still thinking about Pamela Anderson. <laughs> yeah. Christ. Christ on a bike. You've got Scott a topic, Morrison, don't you? uh, doesn't let his children listen to The Offspring because it's a bit too extreme. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I saw a fucking take about The Offspring that was like, 
uh, talking about their album. It's like an anniversary or something, and it was, I was like, about to say they surely haven't got a new album for that. Yeah, yeah, no, it was an anniversary <laughs> for uh, the one with "Why Don't You Get a Job" or "Get a Job on It," whatever the fuck that's called. No, no, why don't you get a job? That Conspiracy one. Conspiracy of One, I think. Maybe I don't know. Or Americana. Americana. It was on one of the ones I've listened to, which was yeah, one yeah. of those two. It was Americana, and it was like, that one and Pretty Fly for a White Guy were on it, and this thing was like, it turned punk rock into Fox News. What? It's like, did you listen- How are you allowed to write an article about a song without listening to the song? Like, no, no, nah, nah, why don't you get a job isn't saying, hey, get a fucking job. No, indeed. That's very much not the Punk point. rock. It's, it's so unfamiliar with The Offspring. Very so much. unfamiliar with punk rock. And yet, this is the article that you write. Punk rock has always couched its critique of the system by sarcastically parroting its horse shit. That's not fucking new at all. Everybody sucks. Everybody's incompetent, including me. Oh, but yeah, at least I, I can. I'm very inconsistent as well. And then when, <sighs> when the inconsistencies occur, I get very upset with myself. Yeah. I'm very upset with myself at the moment. It's hard out here, man. <laughs> Should we we're, go on to the next We're dying. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's do that. What was I going to talk about? Oh, yeah. Uh, so, we have um, the uh, latest Apex Summit, which mm. uh, took place in Papua New Guinea in Port Moresby. Mm. Uh, this week, uh, I think it concluded yesterday. Uh, for the first time ever, an APEC summit has not had an official declaration mm. because the two camps, and it looks like we are rapidly arriving at, or sort of three camps. You've got um, Camp China, Camp mm. America, and Camp Tentative, <laughs> which, uh, of course, ScoMo is uh, bravely. Mm. Trying to balance himself on. Uh, yeah, he it's very difficult. Doesn't have a good sense of balance. He I can also tell you that. Because what we've done is we've also started to collaborate with building a base with the Americans in Papua New Guinea, mm. um, and we're I don't know relying on the Chinese being <laughs> unbelievably stupid and unable to read social cues. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know what. Maybe we're inscrutable to them as well. Says the racist. <laughs> Maybe we are. I mean, Scott Morrison is kind of inscrutable to me. I've got to say, yeah, that's true. And and so is uh, so is President Trump in a, in his own way. Yeah, well, not so much that he's inscrutable as that you know there's nothing fundamentally there. Well, it's hard to learn something about a character when all you have is forty hours of footage of them dropping stuff. Yeah, unscrutable more than inscrutable. I <laughs> yeah, think, <is> <laughs> yeah, they would be extremely scrutable if you could just get around the. <laughs> smoke screen of buffoonery that yeah very much more the squid than the chameleon <laughs> fuck i've been reading fear and i gotta say I mean, i've nearly finished it the woodwards, bob, bob woodwards yeah. yeah he's surprisingly not that great a writer i was disappointed i mean that doesn't surprise especially me um, especially on the old grammatical punctuation front oh really he, yeah yeah he's um he is uh dangling modifier central mr ah, woodward ah. <laughs> but but that's okay. He's um, he's only written like fourteen books or something. Yeah, content it's, more than uh, well, yeah. Because it's very much for uh, content over form and yeah. function over form. And the he doesn't reveal anything that like surprises you in the sense of oh I can't believe that happened. Yeah, yeah. But the the incredibly matter of fact 
and non-partisan and boring way that he's written the book mm. actually makes it way more unsettling. Yeah. Because he's, like, just sort of casually walking you through a situation where um, incredibly junior White House officials are conspiring to conceal documents from the president that mm. he's specifically asked for mm. because they know that if they place them on his desk, he'll sign them and end the world. But if they hide them from him, he probably won't ask for them ever again until he sees a trigger on Fox News or something. Mm. So Alarming. We've, this is what I'm talking about. Give uh, the listener a rundown about, like, just the basics of what fear is about. Because oh, I've been sorry. spending the last minute picking up context clues. Sorry, listener. I, uh, yeah. I'm you started talking about documents, and I was like, is this about so fear is Watergate? Or? Bob Woodward's yeah. uh, breakdown of life inside Donald Trump's White House, sure. effectively. And uh, it includes a, a little... Um, a forward section, as it were, mm. uh, where they're on the campaign trail. Yeah. And essentially, the president of America, the book starts with mm. the revelation that Trump was going to unilaterally counsel America's free trade agreement with South Korea mm. and had absolutely no interest or regard for the security concerns that were going to follow on from this. Yeah. At a time when uh, Kim... Uh, un had just detonated his most powerful bomb, I think 17 times more powerful than the Hiroshima bomb. Mm. Um, and the American analysts looking at his cruise missile tests were able to confirm that if the North Koreans adjusted the plane of the launch sufficiently, they'd be able to get a missile. They had the means to get a missile to the American shore. Sure. And Trump was just so angry about the trade deficit with South Korea that no Gary Cohn, who's a man I hate, but you find yourself weirdly rooting for Gary Cohn in sections of this book mm. just because he has, like, some understandings of how the fucking world works. Mm. Gary Cohn is desperately trying to explain to Trump that trade deficits are not bad things <laughs> and that it's not like- What a losing battle that like, is. This is not a company. It is a country. Mm. It doesn't matter if we buy more from them than we're selling to them. What mm. matters is that we're getting the shit we need to run the economy. Yeah. <laughs> you fucking idiot. And Trump's just like, yeah, but I just don't see it like that. Yeah. I feel like we need Stop to win. Stop trying to tell me how to run my company. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so they, they had so they, they set up a, 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 an interception point in South Korea, mm. which could detect... Um, a North Korean missile launch in seven seconds and mm. deal with it. As opposed to the next best thing, which was in Alaska, which would take 15 minutes. Yeah. Now, when it takes less than an hour for one of these missiles to travel from North Korea to the American shoreline, mm. seven seconds is crazy uh, better than 15 minutes. Yes. Um, but Trump was totally prepared to create an economic vacuum in South Korea that would endanger the South Koreans and endanger his own people because he refused to listen to The Economist, who was explaining that trade deficits aren't even a problem. Of course. we don't need to be worrying about them, because it's yeah. not the 17th century. Mm. Which, by the way, mercantilism in the 17th century was disproven and mm. abandoned, <laughs> because <laughs> we had the rise of central state governments mm. who realised that it wasn't a fucking... state trade deficits weren't an issue. The only people who didn't like trade deficits at the time were merchants who felt that mm. they were making... That they, they didn't understand the terms of their own trade and they effectively thought that they were getting ripped off 
Yeah. With foreign trade deals. But what are you going to trust the burgers? Never trust the burgers. Stressful and disastrous. Anyway, mm. reading reading Woodward's book, um, the reason Trump did not withdraw from this trade agreement at the time that he did, he's currently renegotiating it with the South Koreans, and I understand they're doing a very good job of kicking the can down the road and waiting for him to die or get fired. Yeah, uh, undoubtedly. And not have to deal with it. You've only but- got to put it off two years, which isn't <laughs> the biggest amount of time, really. Especially when he's very distractible. He's worse than me. Mm. Uh, but yeah, literally... Um, Ryan's Priebus in this case, so not a super junior, but yeah. le- le- eventually um, an incredibly junior member of the White House staff um, kept found this incredibly problematic declaration on the president's desk. It was addressed to uh, then it was um, President Park of South Korea, um, waiting just waiting for Trump's signature, mm. and uh, he stole the letter and scrunched it up and put it in the bin, and that's why. <laughs> there is still a Southeast Asia. What a hero! That's a, that's just. I, I mean, mean, he's it's a fucking just, White House staffer, so Prince Priebus is a massive piece of shit. But it's yeah. like the, the difference between disgusting hollow men who understand the levers of power yeah. versus a guy who is literally unscrutable because he doesn't have any <laughs> thoughts or ideas. He's yeah. just he's just a, a weird. He's become based on Biff the bully that was originally based on him. It's fucking mental. Yes. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, AFEC has come to no conclusion. Yeah, has had to publish essentially a summary of its discussions this year because there was no final statement available because they were not able to come to a final position. Yeah. Because we have uh, what has been the, the reversal if you like, at least rhetorically and politically, if not actually economically, mm. of globalization yeah. has started. Now, the first gut instinct of most people like myself is to go, no more globalization. Marvelous. Mm. Hate it. Associate it with lots of bad things. Yes. Understandable. You racist. However, you anti Semite. There is something. Self loathing Jew. <laughs> See, globalization is like the right wing version of internationalism. In yeah. that sense, it's really shitty. Internationalism is awesome. Yeah. Globalization is bullshit. The yes. only thing worse than globalization, though, is a return to pre-conversant, economically nationalistic, yeah, uh, dangerous, culturally nationalistic, competing states. Yeah, and it's much worse for working people for two major reasons. One is you are the uh, flesh and bones that will be sacrificed to secure resources. Mm. if we're not trading efficiently for those resources. Yep. But the other one is that it becomes much easier for capital to control and dominate you if you are part of a small local workforce, not a large international one. Yeah, 100%. Uh yeah, well, if, uh, like, obviously the elimination of a bad thing or the walking back of a bad thing doesn't mean that it's going to be replaced with something good. Uh CF 20 minutes ago when we were talking about moving people from Dondale to the Darwin Watch House, obviously, shit, shit for shit. However, I have to say, does this mean that we're going to have more bizarre localized products that we can kind of gawk at and go like, ooh, who knew about that when you go overseas yes, into other English-speaking countries? Great, then I'm for it. However- <laughs> Sign me up to the Republican Party. It is worth mentioning that the two most sovereign, independent states that we can really- draw a bow to in human history have been apartheid South Africa and Mm. North Korea. 
that's what you get if you want to have a country that doesn't deal with the world around it and has complete so close to complete sovereignty over its own yeah kind of affairs yeah it's not a pretty sight it's not a good look why (laughs) really important so relentless um the, the the problem with free trade was never free trade per se it was the way it's been executed politically yeah right notionally the fact that we can buy and sell things to and from japan is awesome yeah the the problem with it is um when it's weaponized against the poor which is frequent yeah absolutely um mm. because um there's no global wage minimum yeah 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 well you have well you have um currency fluctuations between different countries and labor standards and wage standards and so forth out of alignment with one another yeah. Um, then, yeah, globalization is almost impossible to sell as a as a fair deal. No. Well, yeah. But free the, the, movement of goods and services is a thousand times better than a world in which that is not possible. Yeah, 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 for sure. Well, uh, yeah. Uh, under the current fucking system, you just endless like every single time the the working classes and the sort of most cheaply exploitable labor uh, leveraged as bargaining chips to get a good deal you know we can do this thing like i can fuck my yeah, people capital shifts to fuck and your people to capital just shifts its resources to somewhere where that won't be a problem for them yeah because the problem is not globalization the problem is not free trade the problem is capital and capitalism and of as course. the mechanism yeah 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 so economic nationalism is dumb who'd have fucking thunk it well not enough people apparently yeah. I mean, so much of Brexit is predi- like a lot of it is sort of fucking xenophobia and immigration anxiety and stuff. But a lot of it is this economic nationalism thing. Yeah. And so many of those people were like, this is going to be really good. It'll be like the good old days. And then they started getting projections of what might happen. And it's just like, oh, all of your fucking places are going to close and you're going to be in a massive back foot. Yeah. Uh, I, it's astonishing how many British people forget about the empire and the role that the empire plays the, the, the British industry and capitalism played in building the empire. Yeah. The the political pressure on uh, the British government to expand the empire came from business, oh. right? Because they're good. They're, 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 the plant equipment had become so efficient. You could mass produce so many goods, right? Yeah. You need to keep expanding the market for them. You can do that one of two ways. You can yield a greater share of profitability to labor. <laughs> mm. <laughs> or... You can uh, open new markets abroad. And yeah. so that's what the empire did. Yeah. But all that enormous British industry from the late 18th to mid 20th century um, was in the service of, you know, the largest empire ever, basically. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I'm yawning. And that's um, okay. As soon as they lost that empire, they found that they had to join the European Union to yeah. maintain a, a market base that was going to um, uh, sustain the productive output. And then a bunch of people with absolutely no self-awareness are like, be a minor vassal state to some central thing in a far-off land that tells us what to do and takes our freedoms. That's oh, not yeah. British. And creates a situation where Jacob Rees-Mogg gets to come. But they call him the haunted Victorian pencil. Is that a Brookerism? Bro- he always used to. I think it's called, a Brookerism. He called Gordon Brown a haunted grandfather clock and then stayed with me. <laughs> yeah. Julie, Jacob Rees-Mogg looks like a villain from Bloodborne. Yeah, and he does. And he kind of comes ghosting down the corridor. Ooh. 
really the most terrible thing about the Labour Party and all these left-wing a- a- academic elites is that they don't really understand uh, what it is to be a, a, of the people, mm. one of the people. They don't really understand the needs of the people in the way that I do. That was a hallucinogenically good impression. <laughs> Coming into my headphones like that, I lost myself a little bit. Terrifying. We have a political situation that's so fucking mental at the moment <laughs> that people are like, yeah, definitely. Jacob Rees-Mogg yeah. knows what the average Englander is going through. Yeah, he seems like a fucking everyman to me. And it is the average Englander, of course, because Scotland, the, the Celtic regions of the UK aren't going to stay around for Brexit because they uh, have no interest in maintaining and english economic nationalism and, and suffering for yeah. english economic nationalism it doesn't make a fucking any sense makes no sense be like well we could stay on this sinking ship because the captain who we kind of hate is asking us to or just scotland has only ever been in the uk for financial reasons mm. um and or for the financial being the subject of well no no it was, it was remember that the union was formed by the Scottish mm. elites and the English elites the Scottish okay, aristocracies sure, yeah. were want, wanted in because mm. they knew that they couldn't uh, they didn't have the resources in Scotland to pilfer the new world they needed English muscle to help them do it yeah so sure All right. that was an incestuous upper class uh, fair rebuttal rebuttal deal yeah <clears throat> Northern Ireland has, is a different kettle of fish but that eventually the public in Northern Ireland will turn against it. Mm. And as soon as they do, one of the bits in the Easter Peace Agreement uh. is that the Secretary of State for Northern Ireland, as, as soon as it looks like the majority of the people want to leave the UK, is legally obliged to hold a referendum on it or he can be arrested. So it'll be interesting. Hey, what a nice writer. We need more of those. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how long Northern Ireland stays. I think the, um, the DLP... Mm. Or DUP, sorry. Yeah, may have uh, slaughtered themselves with this uh, with this leave nonsense. Yeah, he is hoping. It'd be good to see the back of the DUP. Um, yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's that's it. Really, a- a- APEC has got nowhere because yeah. of economic nationalism. Mm. Uh, some of the listeners will probably enjoy that. I'm I'm worried the TPP is on its way back, despite Trump's about economic nationalism. I think someone's got in his ear about it. Yeah, that, and TPP I mean, actually had some bits that weren't bad, um, but there was too much um, corporate welfare involved in it. Yeah, but the intellectual property stuff was all right. Speak, uh, maybe I don't know. Speaking don't of know. creative, we like a bit of intellectual property protection, don't we, love? Yeah, it just depends on how it's used and yeah, whether that intellectual... It does depend of it, doesn't it? And that was another problem with the TPP. I felt like um, certain intellectual property was maybe the first amongst equals as far as the... Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> intellectual property concerned. protection doesn't mean a lot if, for example, your publisher or label or streaming service or uh, fucking TV station or whatever takes <laughs> your intellectual property as part of the deal. Completely correct. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's Disney IP shit. Um, yeah, cool. We can probably wrap it up now. Yeah, probably. I don't think I made a very strong case. I was, I, I, I think, um, I think I'm still in a, in a fairly bad way, to be honest. Yeah, Darcy was got. I was got. I was coshed. I should probably should have opened the show with this. I, mm. I, I'm recovering from a blow to the head, uh, quite literally, listeners. So, yeah. <laughs> please, for, 
He's and a bit fragile. Done- but I think you've been doing better this episode than me. I don't know what the fuck is wrong with me. I ate McDonald's before the recording. That could be it, because I was <laughs> in an extreme time crunch. You lost the will to live. Yeah, it's just fucking suffused my <laughs> synapses <ennui>. with fucking <laughs> grace and ennui, yeah. Nasty do- foreign feeling, that. Yeah, yeah. Not familiar to me. Not a, British, not, not a good British feeling. It's mm. terrible French. Yeah, yeah. Effeminate, emaciated. Melancholy and all of that shit. Well, they don't eat enough beef. Can't be having with it. Yeah, true. Too many frogs, legs. Can't Man snails. can't live off fish and onion. I thought it was donkey and onion. Hey, uh, let's, yeah, let's fucking bail out of this. I've always associated the Spaniards with eating donkey. I don't know why. Nor do I. I don't think it's a particularly indelible part of their national character, although I'm sure a Spaniard has eaten a donkey at some point in time. Uh, I've had donkey. It's not bad. I'm sure it would. I'm sure it would be fine. Let's let's get to this fucking outro preamble. I'm before dying, we, Darcy. Before we get to the outro preamble, Kieran, don't forget that you can contact us at weakness for bleakness. That's part of the outro, outro preamble. That's what I was talking about. This is the shit that I wanted to be doing. Weakness for bleakness at gmail.com. No tricks with the spelling. Yeah. I'm going um, to be out of town next week. That's okay. Standing. I'm shitting my pants about this because I have to talk to a bunch of very serious English language academics and I just feel researchers. PhD. Yeah, about Dark Souls, which seemed like a hilarious bit of impish uh, uh, fun when I pitched my abstract and now that it's... Well, I, sus- I feel like it's going to be a humiliation. I'm li- sure li- listeners who that. tuned into uh, our special yeah. for the last time that you were away and we were organised enough to have a special yeah. <laughs> remember the From Software discussion. Yeah, I think it was all right. That's kind of the basis okay. of which I'm operating. We'll see. We'll they've been, see. They've been shittier PhDs. It's it's got very little to do with my PhD. It's just because I had to deliver a paper and I wanted to do something fun because last year I did something related to my PhD and it fucking oh, did sucked. You, did you bill shorten it? I didn't bill shorten it. It went fine. It was just a lot of work and stress. And then I had all of this shit, which I very quickly stopped believing in because I was early in my PhD <laughs> and not <laughs> coming to conclusion. That's most unfortunate, Kieran. There's nothing more relatable to a fucking left-wing podcast audience than me talking about my rarefied academic position. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Uh, That's it. Maybe we are Jacob Rees-Mogg. We definitely are. We just haven't done that thing where we've gone so distant from the people that we're in our own evolutionary kind of branch where flesh is made of cottage cheese, but (laughs) essentially... Nobody should nobody should trust our position. Anyway, uh, eat the rich. Uh, that's us for this week, I think. Do you yeah. have anything to add? Make sure the rich do not have a uh, dangerously high silicon content. Yeah, that's true. You have to make sure that they're uh, digestible. You want by free-range your... organic rich people. Yeah. They're easy to find. Uh, that's us. See you in a couple of weeks, listener. Ah! Tough shit, mate. Best of luck next time